Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Kids workers who go and teach our children about Jesus every week. What an amazing uh, thing it is that we've got a kids team. So I want to encourage you, if you see one of them after the service, give them an encouragement and say you're doing a great job because often things like that get unseen. So it'd be great to encourage them this morning. Right, so we are on this series at the moment on behaviours, and we've had a few great messages over the last few weeks, Um, but for those of you who have not been here, I just want to read our Arena Church Behaviours Statement, just so you can understand what behaviours is. It says, our behaviours aren't to make you fall in line or fit in. Diversity and difference are a part of who we are at Arena. They don't refer to the clothes you wear or the music you listen to. Our goal isn't to get you to behave, it's to help you follow Jesus. The reality is, Arena is full of imperfect people, people who were broken, people who were lost, people who were hurt, but through a relationship with Jesus have been radically changed. Our behaviors create a platform for Arena to flourish. They create freedom and protection for our community. That is really important, isn't it? That people feel safe and protected when they come into Arena Church. And that's why we have our behaviours. So we have six. They are growth, honour, service, generosity, unity. And today I'm going to be talking about passion. And the tagline for passion is, we will bring energy and a can-do into every situation. Now, I love this subject because I am a can-do person. If I'm going to do something, I give it my everything. I'm known for this in my friendship group, whether it's making a cup of tea or uh, entering the parents' race at my kids' sports day, I am going to give it everything, okay? To the point where uh, when I started tennis lessons earlier this year, I was like, right, I'm going to do great at this. I'm going to give it everything. So I'm running after every ball. I'm smacking it as hard as I can over the net. And my coach said, Helen, you need to chill. Because I had got none of the control, none of the technique. All the balls were going out because I was just smacking them as hard as I can. But that is the kind of person I am. I want to give everything my all. And there are people of passion everywhere. Passion for different things, for music, for business, for fashion, for politics, for education, for sport. And it's great that we all have different passions. You know, we can have um, a football match on the TV and uh, my husband Josh and my son Judah, they will be shouting at the TV, cheering. Sometimes even tops will come off. They are very passionate about football. But for me, it's just a load of guys running around kicking a ball. I am not passionate about that. But put me at a Justin Bieber concert and I will be singing my heart out as loud as I can. We all have different passions. But there's one thing that we as Christians should all be passionate about, and that is Jesus. The church has the most passionate message of hope in the whole world and as such should contain the most fired up and passionate people. Are we passionate people? Are we known in our worlds and in our circles as a passionate person? Do we stand out to others in a good way? Passionate Christ followers are infectious, full of life, energy, and fun. 
Now that is something that I would want to be known as. You know, how good would it be if you heard someone talking about you and said, oh, you know, Helen, she is so infectious, so full of life. I would love somebody to say that about me. But the enemy wants to rob the people of God of their passion and make them insipid, mediocre, and colorless. That is not what I would want to be known as. Um, but we've all met someone who, who is like this, haven't we? Have you ever met that person who they're always going through a hard time, life's rubbish, life's hard, nothing good ever happens, and it just drains the passion out of yourself because the enemy wants us to rob us of our passion. Romans 12, verse 9 to 12, says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Now, zeal is a similar word to passion. It means have great energy or enthusiasm. But keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Now, this verse tells me that it is important to have passion. Even before we get to the bit about having zeal, the words it uses are passionate words. Love, hate what is evil, cling to, be devoted to, honor. These are all passionate words. The Bible tells us that it's good to have passion. And today, I'm going to look at three areas where we need to have passion. In our life, for the church, and for Jesus. So a passion for life. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 15 says, So I commend the enjoyment of life, because there is nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of their life. God has given them under the sun. It is important for us to have a passion for life. Life is a gift from God. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, often this verse is quite commonly used, and I think we can hear it, and we can think it's not for us. We can just be like, yeah, God's got a plan for everyone, yeah. But actually, I want to tell you today that God has a plan for your life, not the person sitting next to you, not the person that stood on stage, not the person who's on the worship team. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. You were born on purpose for a purpose. All your days are ordained by God. That is for every single person here. God has a plan for your life. And I think when we realize that, that's when our passion comes. The dreams that God has given you cannot be achieved without passion. But it can be so easy to take life for granted. You know, we all know someone who has passed away early and not been able to live a full life. But yet, I think we still forget how precious life is. I have this one vivid memory of my mum in the final days of her life. She'd been in hospital for a few months and not been able to leave her hospital bed. And she was coming to the last few days of her life. And I'll always remember someone came to visit her. And I remember her saying, I just want to go outside and smell the grass and the flowers and see the birds in the sky. When was the last time we just wondered at God's creation? 
We take it for granted, don't we? Because we see it all the time. But actually, it's amazing. The life that we've got, what the world that God has created is amazing if we take a minute to just appreciate it and not take it for granted. Life can go by so fast. The days, a lifetime. You know, having kids, I think I've realized how quick life goes because kids change so, so quick, don't they? So you can literally see the days passing by. We um, have a little niece, Ariella, who is eight months old, and we probably we see them a lot. We probably see them twice, sometimes three times a week. Every time I see her, she's changed. Every time. Like, kids make you realize how fast life goes by, because it's like you can physically see it in front of you. And I don't want to take life for granted. I want to take every single day as important and make the most of every single day. When we take life for granted, it robs us of our passion. Secondly, we need to have a passion for the church. In John 2, it tells a story of how people were doing things in the church that they shouldn't have been doing. People were being exploited. They turned the church into a marketplace. So Jesus flips all the tables and tells them to get out. It then goes on to say, Then the disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures. Passion for God's house will consume me. Jesus was passionate about the church. In Ephesians 5 verse 25, it says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Jesus was and is passionate about the church, and we should be too. I love the church, especially this church. I love what it stands for. I love that it's a place where we can come and worship Jesus. I love that it's a community of people that if I'm going through a hard time, I know there's people here who are going to pray for me and support me. I love that it's a place where that serves people, not just in the church, but who aren't in the church. We're a church that reaches out into the community and world and serves people. The church is an amazing place. When I was younger, I grew up in a Methodist church, which was very traditional and quite religious in the things that they did. And, and I didn't have passion at all for that church, but I didn't see passion in the church. But Jesus, if Jesus is passionate about the church, we should be passionate about the church too. It's so important to have a passion for the church. So how do we get passionate for the church? I've got two things. One is we need to be consistent. Now you may be thinking, doing the same thing over and over again, how does that make you passionate? Surely that makes you lose your passion. But it's not true. The more you do something, the more passion you have from it. My son, he plays three sports, golf, football, and tennis. Now, in the winter is football season, so he's got all his matches on a Saturday. He plays, he's just training twice a week. He's doing it a lot. If you ask my son Judah what his favorite sport is at wintertime, he will say football. Then it comes to summer. Football isn't happening as much. There's a few friendlies, but that's about it. But it's golf season. So he's playing competitions at the weekend. He's going in at nighttime and practicing his golf. So if you ask him in summer what his favorite sport is, he will say golf. Tennis isn't really his favorite, but for the couple of weeks that Wimbledon's on, he'll say tennis. <laughs> but the, more, the sport that he's doing the most, that is what he's most passionate about. So 
we, to get passionate about the church, we need to be in it. We need to be here every week. We need to be on a serving team. We need to be in a small group. That is how we get passionate for the church. When we're involved, not being consistent will rob you of your passion. The other thing that I think um, makes us passionate is using the gifts that God has given you. Romans 12, verse 4 to 8 says, For just as each of you has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to giving, give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. God tells us to use the gifts that he has given us. It's so important for us to use our gifts Because that is where we fulfill our purpose. And I don't want to say too much on this subject because it's its its own behavior of its its own services. But I thought it was important in this message to mention it. And I just want to say two things. The first thing is we make church work, okay? So you may come and think, I don't need to serve because everything's sorted. I come and, you know, there's a worship team. There's always a preacher, someone welcoming Everything's sorted. I don't need to be on the team. But I can't think of any team that doesn't need more people. Every single team needs. Because sometimes we have the same person on welcoming, then doing worship, then doing kids' church. We make it work, but we're having to do so many different things. It's, we need more people on every single serving team to make church happen. But the second thing is serving is more important for you than it is for us. See, when you use your gift, it gives you a purpose, a passion. We take ownership of it, and that's when our passion comes alive. I just want to use Liam as an example. You may know Liam. Whereabouts is he? Out there at the back? Is that, oh, he's out there today. Okay, see if you can hear me. Liam, you'll know Liam. He's got a black T-shirt on normally, and he's normally carrying a, a radio mic. Liam started doing what we call out-of-service point a few months ago, which is where they kind of oversee the things that happen outside of the service. And, you know, if you see Liam, you can see the passion and joy in his face serving, using his gifts, what God's given him in the church. He has got so much passion and joy. And that is what happens when we use our gifts. We have a passion for the church. It builds our passion up because we're doing what God has called us to do. So if you feel like you're losing your passion for the church, let me ask you, are you being consistent and are you using your gifts? The third thing and most important is a passion for Jesus. Jesus was so passionate about us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He died a horrible, painful death because he was passionate about us. And I think most of the time when we lose our passion, it's because we forget who Jesus is and what he's done for us. We forget about that first time that we accepted him into our lives, how he changed us, how passionate we were about him then. We forget about all the prayers that he's answered in our lives. We forget about the victories. We forget about the promises God's given us. We forget who Jesus is. 
To get our passion back, we need to go back to the time when we first accepted Jesus into our lives. We need to remember the promises that he's given us. We need to remember the, the prayers that he's answered for us, the times he came through for us. Remember who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Sometimes we can lose our passion because we're just going through the motions, doing what we think we should do, but we forget the reason why. Have you ever jumped in the car to go to work or somewhere that you go a lot of times and you get there and you think, how did I just get here? I don't even remember driving the car. I don't remember the roads that I went on, but we go into autopilot, don't we? And we just, we just go there. I've actually before been going somewhere completely different and just driven to work because you just go on autopilot. But we can go through life on autopilot. I'm coming to church every Sunday. I'm serving. I'm reading the Bible, but I've lost my passion for Jesus. It's because we've forgotten why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, my oldest son, Judah, he gets a reading book at school that he has to read through. And after he's read it, um, the teacher quizzes him on the book that he's just read to make sure he's taking it in. If he gets over 60%, he can change his book. If he gets less, he has to read it all over again. She's making sure that he's actually taken it in and not just read the words, because we can do that, can't we? You can't read the Bible without Jesus' revelation. Otherwise, it's just words. The Bible is for Jesus to speak through it to us. It's better to read a verse and have Jesus' revelation, Jesus talk to us through it, than to read a whole book of the Bible and not take any of it in. We've all done it before, haven't we? We've just read, I once did um, the Bible in a year, okay? So I thought, yeah, I'm going to read the whole Bible in a year. I'm going to be honest, I don't think I took half of it in because was, I was just trying to get through it. I was like, it was a challenge to read this um, to the end. But I was just reading. I didn't take any of it in. I didn't let God speak to me through it. I was literally just reading it to achieve something. We need to have Jesus' revelation. Jesus talked to us when we're reading the Bible. Don't just go through the motions. Remind yourself who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Remind yourself why you do what you do. And then you will start to see your passion come back. I heard this preacher use this illustration and I thought it was really good. He used an equation. And the equation is perspective plus purpose equals passion. So perspective is how you look at a situation. What your situation is doesn't matter as much as how you see it. So you could be in the right job but have the wrong perspective and never be grateful. Or you could be in the right relationship with the wrong perspective and it never gets better. Or you can flip it and be in an okay job but have the right perspective and everything can turn around. Or you could be in a mediocre relationship but look at them in a different way and it changes everything. Perspective, how you see something. And then plus purpose. Purpose is why you do what you do. You will never truly live until you know why you're here and what your purpose is. So we need to have perspective plus purpose and that will equal our passion. When we have a great perspective on something plus we're living out our purpose, that's when passion comes. Sometimes you'll go through something and you'll feel like you want to give up. It's too hard. Life's too hard. My marriage is too hard. My job's too hard. 
The only thing that's going to stop you from giving up is having a passion for Jesus. We need to make our confession louder than our circumstance. You know, when I'm going through um, a tough time, things aren't going the way I want to, I declare this song that we sing at church sometimes, and the words are, even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And what I'm doing is I'm making my confession louder than my circumstance. We should be intentional about living passionately and enthusiastically in every aspect of our lives. Let's live with a passion for life, for the church, and for Jesus. I'm just going to read the end bit of this bit in our behaviors book. We have a behaviors book being um, developed, and we're going to be sending that out with all of these behaviors on. But this is the bit that it says about passion and arena church. At arena, we are especially passionate about worship, lost people, serving people, and excellence. We are passionate about worshiping God with everything we have, helping lost people find Jesus, serving and loving people in any way we can, and doing our best with what we have. We look to go and grow and love and serve the world. That is why we're passionate at Arena. I'm just going to pray if you'd just like to close your eyes. If you've never given your life to Jesus before and you've heard this message and you want that passion that, that we've got for Jesus, if that's you today, if you just raise your hand just as a sign to God that I'm going to give my life to you today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for all that you have done for us. I thank you for saving us, for setting us free, Lord. Lord, we want to be more and more passionate about you, Father God. I pray, Lord, that you would just give us so much passion. You would fire us up, Lord, for all that you have for us. And, Lord, that you would always remind us why we're here, what our purpose is, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.